0: Welcome to the intersection of theater and even more theater. You have achieved stage grok. Stage Grok, the Roaming Theater Podcast, coming to you from the Geographic Center of the American Theater. I'm your host, Scott Miller. Today, I'll be talking with Broadway producer Jennifer Ashley Tepper from her home in New York. You do a million things, and it occurred to me that I should do an interview with you once a month for a really long time about every different (laughs) job you've done. Um, But today, I want to talk about Be More Chill. So uh, you're one of the producers in charge of this. You're Shepherd you have been shepherding this for quite a long time, um so the first thing I just want to ask is tell me why be more chill is awesome
1: That's a great question. I- I've been collaborating with Joe Iconis, who's a composer lyricist for Be More Chill for about ten years now, um, and there's just no one whose work I believe in more. I think he's like the next great voice of musical theater, um, and all of his shows have meant so much to me. And I've worked on all of them in some capacity. Um, Be More Chill is a very special one, and you know, I was not working on it when, when it was first conceived, but I like to say that I've, you know, I've been there since the beginning. Um, I remember when Joe was first writing songs for it in 2013 and sending them to me, and I was like, oh my god this is such an amazing new project um and you know i was around for all of the two river run out of town so um it felt very perfect to kind of come into this role as producer on the show in new york um this show is has reached so many people and the fact that the phenomenon of it of the cast album being discovered and loved by so many people and that being the driving force behind being able to make the show happen um just shows how you know it's it's good like it's the ultimate um, indicator that this is something that reaches people. Um, whether you're a teenager who's going through some of the issues in the show, whether you're someone who has been a teenager, um, Joe and his collaborators, Joe Trace, Chase Brock, Stephen Brackett, and all of our actors and designers have managed to create something that kind of takes the high school tropes and spins them on their head um, a little bit and is so, like, original feeling and um, exciting and kind of combines, like, the sci-fi elements of great musicals like Little Shop with, Contemporary musical theater to tell this story that is just really meaningful and fun. Um, that's one of my favorite things about this show is like it is a blast. <laughs> you know, every every song is like so so fun, and um, you know, be more chill has been very special to me for a long time. So I'm excited that even more people are going to get to discover it on Broadway.
0: Well, so, but but the, you know what what this feels like to me is when Rent opened. Mm-hmm,
1: the, mm-hmm.
0: There was this. Profound passion about it um you know that it that people were constantly talking about how it was changing their lives, you know yeah, um, so it's not just that it's good because it is good but but there is something magic there that maybe we can't quantify.
1: Totally, And, you know, working on the Jonathan Larson project at the same time as Seymour Chill this whole year has been um, really special, and they've kind of informed each other in that way, because I've been so around the Jonathan Larson legacy at the same time. Um, one night at the Signature, when we were running off-Broadway with Seymour Chill, Chill, uh, I was chatting with one of our ushers, because um, it was always, you know, the show has been so loved by young people that it's been so nice to, like, talk to older people who also love it, and right. realize that, you know, younger people are the driver of a lot of the beginnings of musicals, including, like, and Hansen and Rent and Hamilton. Right. And then, um, you know, they, they reach this larger audience as they grow. Um, but talking to one of our older ushers one night who really enjoyed the show, she said, that it reminded her so much of when she first moved to the city and watching people watch rent in the front row, like those rush seats. Um, she said that yeah. when the light hits the front row of the audience and it's all of these people and young people who are clearly like dying to like, you know, be there for <laughs> watching the show. And it just reminded her so much of like watching the front row during seasons of love. So I thought that was like a really specific, like, Oh, this is yeah. the rent-, rent phenomenon in that way. But It's been really lovely to have people, you know, compare them in that way.
0: And I think what's interesting about it, even though, you know, it does have this sci-fi element and all that, it does seem like it's kind of extraordinarily truthful about that time in a person's life.
1: Totally. And I think, you know, I I I I think that's
0: what everybody's responding to. It's just so profoundly truthful.
1: Totally, and I think, you know, a lot of what, like, I love about this show, and I think the fans love, too, is, um, you know, it's the story of this kid, Jeremy, and his journey with becoming, um, you know, more chill, quote, unquote, it's also, uh, it's also the story of, like, all of the characters in the show, like, every single supporting character is really um, going through it, so to speak, and they all have their own struggles, and it's not one of those stories where you're just following the lead character. Um, You know, you can tune into anyone's story and see something that's going on that's more layered than just, like, this is a popular girl, or, like, you know, this is a nerd. Like, it's it's all there, and I think that that makes people really recognize themselves in it, because it's just very layered. Like, it's not, you know, again, it's like turning tropes on their head and showing that people have more levels than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember the first time reading the script, and I thought, well, this is really good. It's really interesting. A lot of it's very funny, and and I got to the end of Act 1, and I was like, wow, this is really great. And I started reading Act 2, and it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my
1: God. <laughs> and, you
0: know, and it's just like this show that, that I went into thinking, well, this is really good. I came out of going, oh, my God, that was wild and amazing.
1: Yeah. um, You know, there's all these little pieces in it, which, you know, it's such a credit to Joe Trace and Joe Aquinas that, like, sometimes I'll just tune into, like, another, like, you know, line of dialogue or a lyric and be like, oh, yeah, like, in smartphone hour when they see they, they're thinking about like the way that people online um, respond to like tragedy um, and you know that that's so I, I've seen things where everyone's like acting like a tragedy is their own and then like oh yeah that's like we have spun that into like a comedy song that's commenting on like modern <laughs> social media experience like it's got all these little um you know zingers and obviously yeah. it's going like a thousand times now. So um, you know, sometimes a line of dialogue will hit me and I'll be like, Oh yeah, Joe Trace wrote exactly what it means to be a high schooler in that moment in the hallway in like right. six words. Um right. They're very they're very good at that. Yeah. Well,
0: okay, so I want to talk about the process. Um I I, I interviewed uh Joey about his writing process. Um and I interviewed Caitlin about um being in the show, which just seems mind blowing, um, <laughs> but I want to talk to you about the shepherding part. Mm-hmm. So, so first, talk to me about the very beginning of this, um, the the commission at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Um. So, what's really kind of crazy to think about is Joe Iconis and Joe Trace had the same agent, who's Scott Taylor. Um and he knew the book, Be More Chill, and he liked it, and he said, hey, I have these two clients who should meet each other and collaborate on something, and I think that it should be this book. And so he gave them both the book. He introduced them to each other, Um and that was how it started. Uh, and it's an extraordinary book by Ned Vizzini that everyone should read. It's, it's wonderful. Um And the two Joes really responded to it. Um, and they said, okay, we want to do this and we want to write it together, but <clears throat> let's find out theater to commission it so that we know that it's going to happen, so that we're not right. writing it for, you know, not knowing what will happen with it. Um, right. And True River became that theater. I love True River. I've seen so many things there, and they're really, like, the best. Um, and then they started writing the show uh, that, they got handed the book in 2011 and basically started writing it in earnest in 2013 um, and you know because I'm just like one of Joe's closest collaborators I was around for uh, the earliest readings of it like when there was like a reading of Only Acts 1 and Joe sang the songs and you know there wasn't right, a song right. called Pamp Song yet but there was a song called No Pants Song and um, all of these <laughs> early iterations of it and actually what's crazy is um, you know one of the earliest readings Will Roland and Jason Williams were both in it and of course they didn't end up doing the show at Two River, or being part of like the original cast album, any of that, but now they're in the show. So um, nice. there's a lot of people who, along the way, were part of the development who have oh, ended yeah. up, you know, in it in the end, which is exciting. Um, but I was well, the no, no, so now. so hang on. So, hang on. Yeah. so so
0: so they do this prediction uh, production at this regional theater. People start hearing about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, start you know,
0: talking about it on the internet.
1: What was funny, though, was that, like, we, you know, I've done a lot of shows with go Out of Town, and a lot of them have been great, and none of them had ever come to New York, and it's really, like, it's it's hard, um, and you yeah. really do need that great New York Times review that tells all these producers, like, hey, like, we're going to, you know, this is what needs to come to New York. So we did the show at Two River. Um, you know, I was there for every part of that as well, and unfortunately it got a not great Times review, and I remember, like, the day after the Times review came out, Hearing from people who were coming to check out the show at Two River, who were like, "I'm so sorry, I'm not going to come anymore because there's no point." Like, we huh. literally heard from tons of people wow. who were saying that. Um, wow. Wow. It, it really, I know, it was, it was pretty devastating, and I like. How you could ever.
0: you not want to see this? <laughs>
1: was this like small contingent of young people called the Swift Squad who lived in New Jersey who would come all the time and older people and subscribers of the theater were loving it it was just that no one was thinking it was going to move on based on that right. review and right. it was it was hard to get people there based on the review so um you know after that, it, it was pretty devastating, and luckily, because of Ghostlight, which you know, thankfully had the mindset to record the album with two River, um, there that album existed. But also, you know, I remember Joe being like, Should I do like a concert when this album comes out? Because like nobody really cares, and nobody's having any events associated with it, it's just kind of coming out. And so, like, we did this album release party at the Beachman for like 80 people, and no one really cared except like our you know people who like Joe, and, and that's not nobody, but it was certainly right. a small group. Um, and then the cast album did not start taking off until 2017. So it was definitely two years of, of that. And, I, you know, we watched it start to, like, skyrocket. But there were two years where that was not happening.
0: And during that time, you assumed the show probably would not have further life.
1: You know, what happened, though, is that I was producing this New musicals at 54 series where we did these 10 shows that had been never produced in New York, but produced elsewhere or a lot of workshops, or things like that. And Be More Chill was one of them. And actually what came out of that 54 concert was that um, R&H decided to license the show. So that did happen between the cast uh, album, and um, which is why we're in a very unique position now of having right. to license. And, and not having done it in New York yet, and now it's you know it's interesting. But um, you know, I assumed that it could happen at some point. How I always have like existed in this space is like I knew Joe was going to have this moment where something would <laughs> go so through, and I was yes, you like, did. Like I did, I really did, and I knew that it would be one of these shows. And then as soon as it happened, all the other shows would hopefully be able to happen in bigger ways. So um, right. you know, we kept we kept tracking. I thought you know maybe the Marshall would happen again, at, you know, at, at some major regional theater and back. Right would game right. popular who knows um but i was also with a bunch of the original cast members and joe when the new jersey production happened that like got this insane you know like sold out in a thousand seat theater for a week and it was yeah. you know it's in, it's a community theater production and there were things like that that were indicators that something was happening. And during that whole time, you know, me and Joe and Joe and Scott and all these people were trying to be like, hey, producers, listen to us. Like, I think this could have a huge life. Um right. But, you know, for me, being someone who's worked in producing for a long time but never produced something myself at this level, um, you know, it didn't feel like the right move for me to just do it myself. Um, It kind of became this perfect situation when um Jerry Gehring became interested and then we decided to do it together.
0: And that was to take it to off-Broadway.
1: Yes. Um, yeah.
0: And did most of the cast uh, from that first production go on?
1: You know, So it's ten cast members, and we had five who were part of the original cast that continued with it. Um, okay. And a few that didn't are just, you know, in other shows. And right, their right. Right. Um, but we were, we were in this really unique position of going, you know, obviously the original cast was a huge part of the show's success, and they're on that cast album, and um, you know, we love them. Um, but there was definitely this thought of like, you know, I, there were a lot of conversations about, you know, Will Roland, and um, you know, Will Rowland is someone who's collaborated with me and Joe and the family for, you know, almost a decade as well, and it felt like the perfect thing for him to play Jeremy. So we did have some difficult decisions to make um, with right. things like that. Um, you know, it, it was it was interesting and at the end of the day we just wanted to do what we felt like was best for the show, which I feel really confident that we did.
0: Right. Now now they kept doing rewrites, right?
1: Yeah. And in fact, um, you know, it, musicals are never done. I I don't remember who said that.
0: Right, they're only abandoned. <laughs>
1: But, um, yeah, you know, it was really fascinating to see that up close and, you know, see how the show was made even bet. better for Off-Broadway. And we're yeah. doing the same thing now for Broadway. You know, right. we're definitely looking at what can be made better. Um, and nothing major is being changed. But when you think about the fact that Loser Geek Whatever was not written until the Off-Broadway rehearsal period, um, you know, there's always ways that shows can be better and sharper yeah. and characters yeah. can be clarified. So, um, that's been really exciting on this Be More journey.
0: So, so then what was the reception off Broadway?
1: It was crazy. It was nothing. Right. Um, you know, and it was, it was like what we thought it could be. So that was really gratifying. And you know, it's been 10 years of me kind of yelling to everyone about how Joe is like this voice and actually having people be like, you were right. It it was like a movie. I mean, it was like smash. It was tons of people being like, oh yeah, all of these people you collaborate with who you've been so loyal to, like saying you as in like Joe and me and our whole family um, really have created something special because of that connection and that long-term collaboration and that family. And you know, when Jerry and I first started talking about working together on it, one of the first things he said as someone who came to this as like, you know, he was excited by Joe's work, he wanted to produce it, he hasn't been around for a lot of this he was like one of the things I find most exciting are are these long term collaborations and you know yeah. when we were like hey let's hire a music assistant he you know and we were like oh there's someone in our family of artists who does that he was like great right. like another family person so right. like, he has been such a huge proponent of um, that vibe as have everyone in our production and I think that's made it so strong um, you know I keep calling Will Roland like a Joe iconic scholar because he gives these interviews about the show and he's like this word is here because of Joe talks about this word. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so exciting. I mean, it's, it's all of these things that we've been planting seeds for for so long that have made our show so much better than it would be otherwise. Well, it's like you have your own little theater company, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very it, – it feels like Steppenwolfian, and it's honestly, you know, we talk about it all the time. There are so many people that have their families of artists or tribes. Like, we've just kind of, like, solidified it in this way, but it's, it's a beautiful thing that a lot of artists have. And it's also, um, you know, new people come on board all the time. Like, yep. you know, there have been so many new people. There's always new family members, like, and that's really exciting, too.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, so so you're running the show off-Broadway. At that point, you don't know that it's going to go beyond that, Right.
1: Um, Yeah, you know, the way that we raised all the money and talked to everybody was that, you know, we wanted to do the show off-Broadway, and the, you know, opportunity we had was for these nine weeks and then ten weeks at the signature, Um, and that maybe that would be it, and maybe that would transfer to another off-Broadway theater, and maybe it could transfer to Broadway or it could go on tour. Um, But we kept it very, like, these things all could happen, but we don't know, and we'll see how it goes off-Broadway.
0: What what do you think... It was about – but what do you think that it was that made people go, yes, this needs to go to Broadway, that this this is that? Um, I hate the word, but commercial.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, what was really interesting is that um, not everyone did. You know, a lot of – the show was, like, sold out before opening night. So there's, like, three years' worth of these people who've learned to love it and who's, like, (laughs) half recording (laughs) – who all were so excited to see it. And as industry people and people who didn't know the album were coming, they were also really enjoying it. Um, So we saw that, and certainly, like, the audiences reflected that, and it was, like, a wonderful thing. Um, But, again, you know, we got some very good reviews for the show. Like, there's a lot of great, wonderful reviews, but we, again, did not get a great New York Times review. Um, And Common Wisdom is, like, you know, on opening night, I was, like, with a lot of people who were, like, that's okay. You know, the show will transfer to off-Broadway now. Um, that'll be great, too. And I was like, wait, like, just because we didn't get a rave New York Times review, we go to off-Broadway instead of Broadway? Like, this show has defied the expectation at every turn. Like, we're going right. to Broadway. Like, I sure <laughs> was I was at the opening night party. Again, it's like smash. You know, Joe and I keep telling each other this year, like, smash in the documentary. I was screaming. for <laughs> We're still going to Broadway. People on our team who also would have loved to go to Broadway, but we're like, really? Like after that New York Times review. So um Jerry and I were both on the same page though, that like this show was deserved to be on Broadway, had an audience for Broadway, um, and a lot of people were, but there were, you know, others on our team who were like, that's not what happens with this kind of trajectory. And we just said no we're going anyway and luckily um, you know the Schubert's who've been so excited and supportive about the show every step of the way and were you know so excited to be at the Lyceum thought the same thing and they were like yeah like this audience is saying you should go to Broadway and you know, with my historian brain, I can go, oh, like, these ten shows that have been huge hits didn't get a mere time either. Like, there's certainly precedent, um, but it, it was not an automatic, like, we're going to Broadway. And then, you know, we put our one-week extension on sale the day after opening, and it sold out in, like, a few hours. And that was another indicator of, like, there's an audience commercially for this show.
0: Right. Well, so I want to take a little sidetrack here. I guess I learned this maybe five or ten years ago, but I didn't know this, and I think it's really interesting, that when you want to take a show to Broadway – the theater owner needs to be psyched about the show, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And this is something I've been fascinated with um, through, like, my books, too. And it, it was And so And inspiring. let's give a
0: little plug for the books on oh, yeah, so, of Broadway.
1: Yeah, and how yeah, many so volumes Broadway, do we have Broadway, now? One through three. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> they chronicle the Broadway experience through the specific theaters. Um, so – what they you know everything I do kind of feeds each other, and going into the Schubert offices in Niederland or Jampson and a t g um to try to you know get be more chill into one of those theaters was like a live version of my book where I was actually the producer. It was very exciting right, um, and you know what's crazy is like Broadway is so doing so well right now and it's so popular. And that means that these theaters are in such demand that, like, you know, if the Walter Kerr opens up, there are 70 shows that want the Walter Kerr. Right, um, right. So, you know, we went in, we talked to all the theater owners, they all came to see the show, and it was just a matter of, like, who was going to have a theater and when, and could we be the number one show for, you know, that theater. Um, and it was very special to end up at the Lyceum because it's the first, you know, Broadway theater I ever worked on on title of show, and I spent a lot of time there. In, it, in you know, Which also of-
0: had a, an amazing cult following.
1: Yeah, which, um, that's been interesting to reflect on, because 10 years ago, the internet was very different, but, right. um, you know, I've certainly thought a lot about shows like Songs for New World and Title Show and all oh. these shows that, um, you know, if the internet had existed in a certain way in right. this year, what, how would their trajectory maybe have been similar? Nothing like the Marshalls ever happened, but the internet is coinciding with the fandom in a way that's very, you know, unique. So, um, yeah, meeting with the theater owners was thrilling, and honestly, like, it's, it's a fascinating thing, and it's something that people can't, you know, I can't sit here and be like, these were the four shows that were up for this theater, and this is how this one got picked. But there's so much behind the scenes of, you know, the theater owners are deciding what's on Broadway. It's, You know, you can have $10 million on a great show and not get a Broadway theater. That happens all the time. And I right. don't think people grasp that. People are like, you know, if you have the money, you go to Broadway. But it's so competitive right now that that's not true. And I think we need more theaters.
0: <laughs> uh, but so I, I think – Tell me if you agree with this. I think you will. I think part of the phenomenon of <laughs> Be More Chill is also this moment, this moment in our culture, this moment in the evolution of musical theater, like just kind of this moment where everything's like new and exciting and different and unique. And
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think there's a lot that's like so unique about the show. And, um, you know, what's been great is like, the show's sound is so unique, but it's also so old school. Like, the fact that Charlie Rosen, our orchestrator, have, like, created this score that has such influence in, like, classic musical theater, but it's also, like, pop rock. It's also, like, all of these artists from the 80s and 90s and, like, that I've yeah. never heard of that they're telling me have influenced <laughs> by too, because I only know musical theater. But so much of musical theater right now is influenced by both, and, you know, that's something that, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ben and Justin Paul, and Shana Taub are also doing, like, this really exciting world where musicals can have, you know, the lyrics that you understand and that, like, are well-crafted, and, like, the story that you want, but also you know, sound like music that you would listen to, not necessarily, yeah. you know, classic musical theater. Like, it's this great combination that Joe is also at the forefront of now, which is exciting. Um, and I think that like we are in a new golden age of musical theater for that. Oh, yeah. Well, and and part of it, which
0: I think fits Be More Chill, too, is I realize as we here in St. Louis produce shows like, you know, Bloody, Bloody Andrew Jackson, Next to Normal, et cetera, every show, it seems, has its own set of rules that it is unlike anything else. And I, and I think that's true of Be More Chill as well. And I think that's part of what's so exciting about Be More Chill, but also what's so exciting about the art form right now.
1: Totally, totally, and I think that, um, you know, we have this, like, very great marketing team and PR team who are kind of going, okay, like, now that we know that Be Marshall has done this that no one else has done, like, do we need to do this thing? Like, I think there's right. some really nice, like, you no, know, let's, like, reevaluate all of the usual things and see what, right. what stuff that Broadway shows don't normally do could work for us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be doing it, and, like, you know, we were looking at like our front of house recently. Like, we're figuring out because that is going to go up in January, which is super exciting. And like, <laughs> you know, I, I, having worked at the before, I'm like, oh, yeah, no one's ever done this. And it's just been cool to have all these little parts of the journey reflect the larger sense that like it's a unique beast that's doing, you know, what no one else has done and have that infiltrate every tiny bit of the process.
0: So, so where you are right now as we're talking today, um, you're, uh, what, a month and a half? From previews, to a couple months?
1: Yeah, we start previews February 13th, but we start rehearsal January 8th, so it's very close. <laughs> uh,
0: and and then you open in March. Yeah. So so what's your job right now?
1: That's a good question. Um, so, you know, everyone, there's kind of this misconception of, like, we closed off Broadway in September, and we're reopening in February, so there's this hiatus, and, like, there's <laughs> no hiatus. Uh, you know... I've I've raised like all of, you know so much money for this Broadway show. Like so much of the last couple weeks has been um, investor management and like paperwork and legal right. stuff and ra- raising all this money. Um, with all of, you know, with Jerry and all of the co-producers and so so much of it has been that um, and so much of it is like, you know, tons of like marketing strategy and like what will our front of house look like and this ad or that ad and um, this TV campaign or that TV campaign and, and designing this overall strategy um, as well as, you know, hiring tons of new people for Broadway and, and, you know, going through auditions and we hired three new covers and can we do this at the Lyceum, and will the Schuberts have us do that? So it's, it's so much planning with every element of the production, um, from our designers to our, you know, social media. There's so much. And so there's really not been a hiatus, but seeing that, you know, there hasn't been that much of a hiatus for anyone. Like, you know, what's interesting is, like, with our family of artists, the two seconds after we told everyone we were going to Broadway, um, you know, the the second thing that was said after, like, oh, my God, everyone crying was, like, oh, we can all still do the Christmas show together, which is, um, you know, Joe's Christmas <laughs> show that we've been doing together for – that truly was, like, out of Will Roland's mouth within seconds of us being, like, we're going to Broadway in February. Um, and so, you know, we do this Christmas show together. It's like the 11th annual of what it's been up this past week. And, um, you know, we work on so many things together that it, it just feels like this constant continuation of the process. Like, it doesn't feel like the Marshall has ever gone underground. <laughs> like, we've just, you know, kept it up while we've been waiting for rehearsals. It, it is a theater. It's a little theater company
0: you have there.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's really like. pretty cool. And it's truly, like, you know, there's so many of those shows that different members of the family are working on that it just feels like this is the one that's happening in this capacity right now. And, like, in two years, it'll be a different one with different family members. So, And everyone's been so supportive. Like, the people who are not actually part of B Marshall but are in the family, it's like the amount of, like, support and the way that this has felt like everyone's victory has been like nothing else yeah. I've ever experienced.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And and then I I'm familiar with a couple of Joe's other shows, uh Blood Blood Song of Lust, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And,
0: uh, Broadway Bounty Hunter. So so maybe now uh people will start discovering all that stuff too.
1: Yeah, you know, Jason Tam, like that was the first thing he said to me. I'm like, it's so funny because, you know, all these people, like people that are making their Broadway debuts are just so happy for Joe and it's just so funny. <laughs> And I'm not that Jason Sam is not making his Broadway debut, but he's you know it's so exciting that he's playing this clip on Broadway. And one of the first things he said to me was, he was like, "I'm just so excited for what this means about all of the other shows about yeah. Broadway Bounty Hunter and you right. know and you know Blood Song and Black Juice." And um, I do think, and if we've already started to see, there's so much percolating because of you know by Joe finally having this Broadway moment um, and the shows that haven't been written yet. Like it's it's so yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, what a fun trip, and it's so fun <laughs> to be your Facebook friend and watch it all.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, like front row seat, oversharing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: well, hey, thanks for talking to me. This has been really cool, and uh, and seriously, thanks for your part in Be More Chill. Uh, we are so psyched to do it here, and clearly, everybody and his brother is so psyched about it opening on Broadway. So, I'm bravo, so bravo, my here. friend.
1: Oh, my God. Your production is going to be great. I'm so excited you're doing it there.
0: Yes, we're doing it in June. And uh, and and a few of our actors went up to New York to see the Off-Broadway and were thrilled beyond thrilled.
1: Oh, yay. I love that.
0: Well, thanks very much, Jen.
1: Awesome. Talk to you soon, Scott.
0: Thank you for joining us. This is Scott Miller. Now you, too, have achieved stage rock. See you next time.